we just had an episode. This is episode six and a half bonus episode because there was one essay from the History of Rainbow episode six that I did not read. So here we are. Gender bent. For me, gender was once what it becomes for everyone after a certain age, a binary. I had a very unisex childhood playing with Legos and wrestling with my dad, whether it was a bed of snow or a bed on which you sleep. At the same time, I was always the one playing chef and baking plastic cookies and declared proudly my love for pink till the age of 12. My mother empowered my femininity with her feminism and my grandmother often showed that a woman could do what, what would be considered man's work. My dad is an old-fashioned macho Puerto Rican who still might not know the real reason I asked him for his cologne on one otherwise normal morning. School, particularly college, discussion of the previously male-dominated literature often has me playing the fence between appeasing my female side and maintaining my masculinity as the discussion turns to sexism and men of the 18th and 19th century, well, being men of their time. My mom is the definition of a feminist, and will go to it and go on a tangent the second she sniffs out sexism, and you can imagine how this clashed when her daughter, who she had raised to feel empowered by her femininity, felt more confident when she was a masculine in an dress shirt and tie during high school performances than in any other attire. This also came into immediate conflict with her firm past decision to give me a unisex childhood and she had to be the one to encourage the outfit before it took on a whole new significance. I needed the suit and tie to validate my masculinity and my mom was doing this unknowingly by putting me in a dress, shirt and tie which gave me confidence. This was her masculinity validating power plaque 2222. That taking a whole new form and teasing out my bi-gender identity. She argued that it was a female empowerment that she had instilled me with that gave me the confidence or the fact that I dressed up that made me feel good. But the more I wore the outfit, the less I felt that way. The less I felt that was the case. However, her point of view made me feel conflicted. My confidence-inducing masculinity in my mom's mind was though, of course, she still loves me. A direct insult to her feminism. Because because I have a female body and I am her daughter. She had worked so hard to give me the confidence I was now accrediting to my manliness and that she took issue with. I can understand why she feels that way though. She does not say anything about it. And in any case, I have found an outlet for my masculinity both online and in school settings amongst accepting peers. Now, whilst I was first figuring out that I am by gender, which actually isn't that long ago at all, another item came to me, came to be a need to express my masculinity. This was my dad's cologne. I had always liked the way my dad's cologne smelled. The musky sandalwood smell always made me take a deep, deep breath to breathe it in. I had previously always worn perfume, but when I was beginning to acknowledge my masculinity, I asked my dad, without telling him why, if I could use his cologne. He told me no with a smirk because I should want to smell feminine because I was a girl. I said so, but he smiled and shook his head again. And before this time in my life, I'd always figured that my intense like of male products and haircuts, etc. was just the result of my upbringing and this thought had shielded me from anxiety. Now, though, 
When my dad had no, said no for that reason, I quietly walked out and the next morning had gone to work. I, when he had gone to work, I slipped into his room, taking the cologne I wanted and the one I could get quickest and spritzed it on myself. I was growing more radical with age, Steinman 523, and whether that is because, as Steinman implies, because I was experiencing something intense and new that was far beyond the norm for a college girl. It could also have been because this was the male in me I was acknowledging, the gender that in the 60s had bombed buildings Steinman 523 and burned draft cards Steinman 523 at this age. My grandmother was part of the female empowerment my mom was so proud of, and I too am proud of my femininity and the fact that my grandmother is li- the living example of the woman who worked at the switchgear factory. She loves her job and she always thought it was of the utmost importance to do a good job. She'd work hard, do it all, do it do it as well as anyone, even the men, whether or not she was twice their age at 66 years old. The job she did was so good, in fact, that her boss had to commend her for having more energy than most of the younger people at her job, female or male. So when I read the text... So when I read the text in class about workers at Switchgear, it made me think of what it must have been like for my grandmother when she was first starting to work in factories. Reading the text really drove home the point that it mattered more for women what their gender was because it was synonymous with how much work their bosses thought they could do. Women had to do as Gray says in the text. We outproduced the standard rate by just a hair so that the company couldn't say the women weren't able to do able to meet the normal requirements of the job gray 132 stereotypes are are somewhat of an important factor in my gender since i'm both but obviously only have one body it is hard to always represent or express my masculine side since this is the case when i was first coming out i relied on stereotypes to get the equal representation i wanted hence the cologne and wanting a short boy haircut and always going back and forth between longish or hair for a while, being bi meant moving between stereotypes and trying to be more androgynous with my selection of clothing. This also entailed a kind of inward questioning about whether or not I was gender fluid and not by gender. I bring this up even though this is not a cisgender or binary experience because I feel as though it can help describe the kind of pressure that society puts on people to fit stereotypes, even if the person is cisgender. The standard of beauty is one such pressure because so, no matter how you identify, you want to be seen as beautiful or handsome or at least nice looking. Also, the pressure is skewed in the direction of women simply because there are more pressures involved overall. These standards like a female, feminine presenting female with an hourglass shaped figure, for example, is hard on even cis- cisgender individuals. Otherwise, we would not have mental illnesses such as anorexia. So I would not think it too much of a leap to suggest that achieving the standards of beauty are equally as hard, if not harder, on trans women. Trans women who have gender dysphoria and are not only in the wrong body but expected to perform and act at the peak of masculinity rather than society realizing that this gender that they see at birth and often well into the teen years is just temporary. Then they have to go through the trying process of transition, hope they have passing privilege first, and then try to achieve the same standards of beauty as their cisgender counterparts. That having been said, my gender journey has now become about the behavior of men. 
which still has stereotypes, but I'm letting it come more naturally now than it once did. For example, if I want to spread out and fill my space and lounge with the boys, even though most of my friends are girls or non-binary in some way, then I will. Experiences involving my childhood didn't really come become an issue until my parents were saying that I had been too feminine as a child, even with my unisex childhood. by gender. One story I always like to go to when I think about this is when I played dolls with my older cousin. When we were young, I always either, I was always either the Jade Bratz doll or the Ethan doll. I was just as compelled by the Ethan doll as the Jade doll, not because one of us was the mom and the other the dad. No, we never played that kind of dolls. I would always come up with stories, and they were always about Ethan saving the princess in distress, which was the love of his life, or living with a bunch of sister dolls. Whether I was a lone boy or a girl among many was entirely up to me. When I was reading stories, when I was reading stories posted by other bi-gender individuals, a lot of what they said resonated with me and a lot didn't. I can only speak to the anxiety I had as I first debated and would revisit several times later the fact that I was bi-gender and this meant a new shade of my identity. What comforts me more now than I have had a little time with it is that my other identifiers, asexual and bi-romantic, had already been acclimated to my sense of self and now I had great pride in them. So I knew even when I swore it wouldn't because in the beginning we all swear it won't that it would get better. Cannot speak to the thread, to the tales threaded through the forums of gender dysphoria, except I would realize later when it came, when it came to lack either side of my gender identity or getting pregnant. This brings me to another pressure society that is thankfully winding down, and the expected due date of which, no pun intended, has extended. In the old days, women were expected to have kids and have them early. Now this is gradually becoming less and less true I will, and I was all for having kids and even for a time though I would carry them, thought I would carry them but when I acknowledged my gender identity I felt like too much of a swing to the feminine side of the pendulum I navigated through and appeased my want for kids and my need for balance with the fact that there was always the option of adoption of adopting little ones I have a big family so I could get used to the hustle and bustle of having two kids the lives my children can expect are filled with love and acceptance and a lot of preparation. I will try to give them as much of a unisex childhood as I can, like my parents did, paying homage to their parenting style and my upbringing. They will, this will go on from the moment they enter that my family, from gender-neutral nursery colors to unisex names, so that if they ever identify as trans or non-binary or, or in any other sense, LGBTQIA, while well, I'm raising them, then they will feel that they can come to me and my beloved future partner and expect open arms and unconditional love. Thank you for listening.